All right. Welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez, and I'm here with Marty Griffin and John Downing. And we're going to give you a little quarantine recap of the past few weeks in sports. All right, so we're going to try try something a little different on this newly revised uh, version of the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. There was a lot to catch up on, so we uh, decided to release the relevant or most relevant information uh, first. And, of course, that's our football talk, complete with Johnny's picks against the spread uh, at the end of the football talk to come out tomorrow thursday might not help you for your thursday picks hopefully you get to hear this before uh lock time so look forward to another green mountain sports roundup coming later in the week are you ready for some football boys yes it finally fucking happened i wasn't sure this this was going to happen like when the Marlins had all those COVID cases. I was like, fuck, football's dead. Like, because MLB was going to be like the test run for what it was going to be like for teams to travel and, and try and make it happen. And when, you know, there were like 22 cases in one day, I was like, that we're fucked. This It's not going to happen. Like, kill everything. And actually, just today, we are learning that Big Ten is going to be playing uh, this year, so I'm excited it's back. Um, there's no two ways about it, you know. Football is part of my livelihood, and then just being a fan, it is a little different this year. Sunday was weird because the Patriots had Cam Newton at quarterback, uh, and they looked like a bunch of blueberries with their new uniforms running around on the field. <laughs> I thought they looked sharp, actually. Uh, there's no <laughs> contrast. It's weird. They, they need to have some sort of contrast in their uniform. like A little more uh, gray. Yeah, something. Their pants need to be different. There's something different. They look like blueberries running around out there. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. They look like blueberries. Like a bunch of blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> And they have uh, Cam Newton, which is in a running offense. And all right, all right. Well, quarterback in the RPOs, and then they got to watch uh, Tom Brady <laughs> on freaking Buccaneers. Like I was like all prepared this year to be all right. The Buccaneers are my team. All right, that's my team now. Yeah, and then I and then I watched the Buccaneers, yeah. and then I watched the Buccaneers. And you were like, "Holy shit! Never mind. Never mind. Funny how much gear have you bought?" I love Tom Brady, but what are we doing here? Yeah, I think he had the same thought. But then it's like it's like the Celtics playing LeBron and the Lakers in the finals. They were at the Saints. I mean, that is not a cupcake. It's not the Miami Dolphins at home week one. It's at the Saints, which is one of the best teams in the NFL over the last three years. So, yeah. you know, it's not going to go. And without a preseason, it, like, were we, we, why were we expecting it to be Tom Brady throws four touchdowns and 400 yards and everything's seamless? Like, it's not going to be, you know, all pizzas and rainbow. Even Peyton Manning, when he went to Denver, they struggled at the beginning. You know, he struggled. And then, then he got it going. So maybe they'll get it going. Um, but I am uh, a small C concerned. All right, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. The Thursday night game, uh, you were – yeah, I know, John. We're going to make you talk about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, 
I won't do it. You gotta do it. This team looks like the unstoppable force. He doesn't good. want to talk about it. Good. 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 Nice. For the good of the show, John. Please. Clyde, Clyde Edwards. Clyde Edwards Hilaire looks nice. He looks like he'll be a fun fantasy player from week to week. Uh, so uh, he was fun at LSU. He looks like he'll be fun as a Kansas City running back, uh, which is always a productive role. Um, the, whoever Andy Reid has as running back, whether it's Brian Westbrook or, you know, LaShawn McCoy or, you know, wh- whoever it is, the, the Andy Reid running back is always a high-end fantasy producer. And so uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks to be that, that guy this year. So that'll be fun. Um, maybe we talk more about him and less about Pat Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> he has five more Super Bowls to win before we can even compare. So let's slow that's the roll. Not, that's, that's not the okay. question. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm not an insane person. I'm not trying to compare him to Tom Brady. I'm just trying to say... Is there anybody in the league who's going to be as dominant at the quarterback position as Patrick Mahomes this year? Aaron Rodgers looked really good. Aaron Rodgers had his old stuff. Uh, he Russell looks motivated. Looked too shabby. Yeah. yeah, Russell Wilson looked good too. Yeah, even so, Matt Ryan looked good. <laughs> so, so I've, I've Kyle heard, Murray, Kyler Murray. Yeah, I've I've heard that the veteran quarterbacks are really benefiting. Uh, from the extra rest and not having uh, to, you know, throw so many balls in preseasons, OTAs, all these things. They're just like way, way fresher than they have been. However, a couple of them are doing so well, and I think that's due to the lack of being able to install systems and get comfortable and work out timing. And these are the Tom Brady's and Ben Roethlisberger's of the world uh, obviously Ben hasn't thrown a football in, you know, just about a calendar year and, you know, Tom Brady's moving to a, a whole new situation. So I think it's going to be interesting, you know, this season is going to have an asterisk on it when we, why, why does this one have an asterisk? Well, because the, the Steelers and giants played in an empty stadium with a 70 decibel murmur. Uh, and, and, the Kansas, oh. and the Kansas City Chiefs oh. had 17,000 people doing the tomahawk chop. Did they not get the memo? <laughs> did they not? Did they not get the memo that we're not doing this this year? We're getting rid of teams that have racist tone to their name, and we're getting uh-huh. all rid of all the racial undertones. Like we're eliminating that. That's the memo that went out to all people, all human beings. Got the memo, and so then the players go out before the season kicks off, and they hold, they they unite together, and they embrace arms for unity, right? For unity. Yeah. Okay. The Texans come out, and the Chiefs they blend together. Hand and arm in arm for unity, and the Kansas City Chiefs seventeen thousand fans go boo, boo, unity, boo, <laughs> unity. You suck, unity. And then they go right into oh, with a tomahawk chop. They've been told not to do anymore. Oh, like not one word on. like. Have a feel. Have a feel, guys. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> the, the the Midwest is not known for their political tact or awareness, John. 
are not they are not participating not in the, they're not participating in the advancement of the uh, human species this year. All right. So while we're on social issues, let's pivot over to Alejandro Villanueva, who for the second time decided to be the only stealer not to do something the entire fucking team is doing. If Ben Roethlisberger is doing it and Ben Roethlisberger is the most Wonder Bread fucking miracle whip thin blue line. First off, got to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ guys out there. If he is going to wear Antoine Rose's name on the back of his head, just be a part of the fucking team and do it. And the the other the other incident that I'm referring to is, of course, in Denver when the whole kneeling thing was happening, and the Steelers said, as a team, we have decided to stay in the locker room for the playing of the national anthem. That's what we are doing, and. The anthem starts playing, and, and and Al Villanueva has to like jog out there, and of course he's a veteran. You know, his service is very commendable, and his a military love, veteran. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, military his, veteran. His his love for the country and the flag and all that, like very noble. Like I understand that definitely, but somebody needs to let this guy know that he's not in the U.S. Army anymore. He's a member of the Pittsburgh fucking Steelers. And as a team, they decided to stay in the locker room. As a team, they decided to have Antoine Rose's uh, name on the back of, uh, of the helmet. And if he had felt compelled to, uh, you know, honor this Alwyn Cash, um, who was obviously, you know, a black veteran who uh, in Iraq was like tortured and and brutally murdered and he's a war hero and uh through his efforts he was able to save the lives of uh of several other of his servicemen can we can we put the his name on the helmet next week you know like i'm sure the whole team would have been behind him could could he have had it um you know not handwritten with a fucking sharpie on a piece of tape taped over this kid's name you know like just the 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 blatant disrespect and tone deafness uh but i feel like he's also making a statement he's he's saying you know what a lot of people are saying which is uh i i don't believe in this movement which is really fucking disheartening and if our offensive line wasn't completely decimated i'd be like get him the fuck out of here <laughs> and that's what i have to say about that yeah yeah i mean it just goes to show that this country right now can't be united on anything you know it's all no one's gonna tell me what to do no one's going to tell me how, what I believe and what I feel, no matter what it's for. You know, you know if it's for good, no one's going to tell me what to do. So, you know, that's just the, uh, that seems to be the prevailing attitude of a lot of people. That's the, huh? that's the ignorant tone. Okay, uh, obviously we had uh, the Kansas City Chiefs running over the Houston Texans. Uh, winning 34 to 20 in Thursday's opener. Um, 
we already touched on that, so we'll just we'll just move right along. In other news, the Houston Texans are the exact same team that they've always been. Bill O'Brien making stupid decisions and doing stupid things and costing his team points and victories. Moving on. <laughs> he's, the, he's the Mike McCarthy of AFC. Yeah. <laughs> B.O.B. Bill O'Brien. Boob. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, B.O.B. spells Bob, by the way. Anyways. <laughs> boob. <laughs> He's boob. Next, we had uh, the Seattle Seahawks and the Falcons, uh, a commanding victory, 38 to 25. Yeah, so my only participation in this game is that I know Russell Wilson was good and that the Atlanta receivers were pretty good. Um, Calvin Ridley had a big game, but I def- I didn't. I didn't peak this game. I, I was I was highly focused on the games that I told you about. So and I haven't seen the uh, the, the coaches tapes or anything because they've all come out late this week. So there really isn't. Um, I, I'm not up to date on watching all the games. So um, if you guys have input on it, go go for it. But all I know is the stats from that game. Right. Calvin Ridley had a great game uh, on my bench. Uh, this Ooh, week, so. no way, yeah. really? Yeah, and that was uh, especially regrettable because, uh, well, I share a fantasy team with my dad, and he uh, neglected to um, make the change from Kenny Galladay oh, to geez. Calvin Ridley. So that was the double whammy. Also had Ooh. James Conner playing. You're being uh, so starting. judged right now. Yeah, it was, it was tough. It was very tough. You know, we don't want to talk about James Conner is equal to Patrick Mahomes these days. <laughs> he is a way better enemy. person the than enemy. he is a football the player. Enemy. And we'll leave <laughs> he it is that. the enemy. Uh, next, we had Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns laying an absolute fucking egg uh, at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens don't look like they've missed... Uh, a step at all have they no and so one of the you know they've upgraded their defense which was already good and hollywood marquise marquise hollywood brown um antonio brown's cousin who was a rookie last year it was uh came out right before i think the first game the game on sunday or a couple days before that he was dealing with a with a midfoot sprain most of the year last year which limited him so even though he was pretty good last year, he's healthy this year, and he looks healthy, and he is—he uh, looks like he's going to tear the league up this year, along with uh, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, and you know the whole Ravens team looks ready to go again. But then again, you're playing Cleveland and the the shitty Browns. Mm-hmm. If you want to get into OBJ a little bit, yeah, but that, yeah, that, let's... that offense looked tight. I mean, they they what. Lamar Jackson was uh, 20 of 25. It was a very efficient offense. Had 45 yards rushing, again, over 300 yards, multi-purpose yards that you put together. Offense just looked like they never missed a beat, but I I know it's the Browns. You can't judge off them, but they did look like... You have to say the shitty Browns. Not a lot of mistakes where a lot of teams start out of the gate rough first quarters. Shitty Browns because of OBJ. Yeah, like... Sexual uh, preferences. Like Odell Beckham oh, we Jr. Talk about it? I need to get yeah. something off my chest. <laughs> oh, 
Now, is it relevant that it's the Cleveland Steamer and he's a Brown? <laughs> I, I heard he's requesting a trade. <laughs> Who wants that stinker? <laughs> My goodness. It, Mr. Hanky Poo takes over as the mascot. I I mean, I guess as your um, ability to acquire things increases, your desire for weird stuff also grows. Yeah, mix it up a little. (laughs) (laughs) Just like see if you can convince this Instagram model to take a poop on you. All right, we need to call an audible. (laughs) (laughs) Let's stop. All right. Well, speaking of stinkers, the Jets are the Jets, and um, Jake Allen looks okay. Josh Allen. Fuck, I do that every time. I do that literally every time. Uh, yeah, so the, the Bills brought in Stephon, uh, Stephon Diggs uh, from the Vikings to play receiver, and the passing game looks to be more of a go this year in Buffalo. I don't know whether or not Josh Allen will be able to keep up all year, you know, throwing the ball because that's, you know, one of his issues. But, I mean, if you have him in fantasy, you're probably going to be happy because he should put up big numbers this year. But, yeah, again, it's the freaking Jets. And, you know, if there was one team you knew wasn't going to be prepared and or look good to start the year, I think we all knew it was going to be the Jets. And, of course, you know, right as soon as week one's over, Le'Veon Bell, of course, is hurt. And so, you know, they got a fresh new uh, young starting running back who will be taking his place uh, while he's um, injured. I think his name is Frank Gore. It's the new guy. (laughs) The new guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Jeez. What what do you imagine would have happened if Le'Veon Bell didn't hold out? What if he he would have gotten paid? He would have gotten paid. What if he just your team? What if he just fucking played, man? What if he just played his ass off and played very well? And you wouldn't be dealing with James Conner. Oh my god! But no, I mean that's what happens is these guys, and I think that yes, no, stop I, thinking this way. You're gonna have dirty sheets in the morning. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think that like OBJ, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. I think that they fed into one another. I think that they fed into one another's egos. I think they, you know, they said to one the another, toxic. "Oh, yo." Yeah, we were, you know, we're the team. We're the whole thing, you know. They Without us, you know, this team is nothing. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell was first up to get paid, and he's demanding to get paid, and then sits out, and then Antonio Brown. And and then he does get paid, but he's, you know, the whole thing is just toxic. And, oh, I mean, fuck, Antonio Brown, since the last time we talked, have you seen him uh, on that chick's OnlyFans getting his fucking dick sucked? No, I, 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 no, I pushed him out, out of my life. Dude, it looked like a fucking baby's leg. Crazy. <laughs> Thing was fucking huge. No, I, you know, I, he was annoying to me, you know, because he, he doesn't stop. He doesn't he, stop. He, he I'm just, not he, fire the dick. And, and, <laughs> you could like, and Tony Brown, fucking woodland animal with that, dude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was probably No, but just, but also like. He let some chick take a video of her. Blo- I mean, she's a porn star, you know, um, 
Fuck, this is what's her out name? There in the media world. You haven't seen this? No, just aggressively masturbating over. Oh, here. Tiana Trump. That's what it was. Yeah. Tiana Trump. Yeah, on OnlyFans. Send me the link. You know, this guy's this guy's trying to get back in the fucking league. Well, maybe trying to get back. Clearly not trying to get back in the league because he's pure sabotage. Yeah, just like oh yeah, this is. We'll we'll release a fucking sex tape. That's gonna get me. You know, back in favor. Right. Terrell Lloyds is calling him like, I want my title back. Anyways. Uh, all right. The Bills win 27 to 17. Moving right along. The This is difficult to say. Las Vegas Raiders. Um, yeah. It's going to take won, some getting used to. Won 34 to 30 against the Panthers. Uh, Derek Carr didn't look terrible in this game. Yeah. No, I think that. Part of it was a byproduct of Carolina is just going to be one of those teams this year where them and the opponent that they play are just going to be in epic shootouts back and forth. So there's going to be a lot of action. Uh, but the running back, uh, second year running back out of Alabama, Josh Jacobs, looked tremendous, scoring three touchdowns in this game. Uh, the the speed that they have with Henry Ruggs, I think Henry Ruggs looks like he's primed for a good year. And, uh, you know, of course, Darren Waller is a, a target monster for the Raiders. But I, like I said, I think Carolina is just going to be conducive to uh, lots of points this year. You, th- you think Christian McCaffrey continues to be the best uh, running back in the league this year? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I mean unless he gets hurt, which I can say because I don't have him on any of my teams, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I like him. He's my one of my favorite players in the NFL. I, I like him a lot. So you didn't yeah, take I, any one of your leagues? I didn't, never got the first pick. I never uh, got the first pick. I got the second pick twice. I got the third pick once, but I never got the first who's pick. Who's your best and, second pick? Uh, yeah, I took Saquon twice and, and Zeke Elliott in my third pick. So, but I wish I took I wish I took Zeke second. To be honest with you, now because I you know the Cowboys are going to be passing the ball more to Zeke, and you know I worry that. The Giants just aren't good, and Saquon's not going to have any. Exactly, like you know, and it's, granted it's against the Steelers, but it looks like the same same shit as last year, where Saquon just doesn't have anywhere to go, and everyone's like lined up to stop him, and it's like, well, at least Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he, you just hope you don't feed him to the point you get him injured. Right, he's so consistent oh. as a producer. Like I just sure. feel yeah. like that. We'll Whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, I don't want to go too far in a personal fantasy, but that was one thing I, I looking back, I wish I did was go with Ezekiel Elliott over Saquon. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll get to the Cowboys sooner than later. Anyways, um, the Bears. Old comeback Mitch. Primetime Mitch. Ready to go. Decided to come alive in the fourth quarter. Uh, and the Lions are gonna Lions and um, just fucking blow it. <laughs> Twenty-three to six lead in the fourth quarter they had, <laughs> and then the rookie running back out of Georgia, DeAndre Swift, has a touchdown at the end of the game in the end zone, as easy as can be, into his breadbasket, and he just does what the Lions do and drops it. And it's like the Lions were. I wasn't aware of this 
because I don't read a lot of shitty journalism and especially there's a lot of <laughs> shitty, shitty sports writers out there. But I guess they were like a sexy sleeper underdog pick for a lot of people who could go to the Super Bowl. What? And then, and then, like I was looking at these betting odds um, on teams to win the divisions this year on the Sunday morning or Saturday night or whatever before the game, and like the Lions were number one to win the NFC North, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I I heard it was because they've lost seven games in the fourth quarter last year when they were leading. So I'm like, but that's the Lions. That's what they do. I'm like, so yeah, <laughs> you. you you can't just assume that that's going to flip this year, like just because that's what traditionally happens. The Lions find ways to lose. That's what makes them. Danny the Amadola is going to lead you to the promised land. <laughs> like, I don't understand that. So it's like, I'm glad I wasn't part of that wave of Lions betters, you know, unloading their money on freaking Lions because that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Peterson, a pretty good game with 93, 93 yards. I mean, they, so, okay, so they took a running back. A high draft pick on a running back last year and carry on Johnson, right? Uh, and then they spent a first round pick on a running back this year in DeAndre Swift from Georgia. And they said, nah, Adrian Peterson was just cut a week before the game. He doesn't know the offense. Let's run him 20 times. So it's like, w- this is the Lions, okay? This is the Lions. You, know? you spent two premium draft picks the last two years on running backs. That you brought in and supposed to, you know, do great things for you, and you say, "Nah, we want the old guy off the street who was just cut by the red, the Washington football team, the former Redskins. He can't make the Redskins, but he'll be our starting running back over our two drop, top draft picks. You know, that's a winning formula right there." <laughs> they relinquished a roster spot to uh, fill it in with a therapy dog. Do you know that? <laughs> Team needed something to pet. Oh and so and so afterwards, when they were talking to Matt Patricia in the postgame, and they were asking him about what is it, the propensity for the Lions to find these crazy ways to lose and blow games in the fourth quarter and not pull it out at the end of the games. What is it? Is it something in your coaching? And he immediately comes back with this retort saying, well, I'm responsible for one of the greatest plays in the history of the NFL, so I don't think it's me. And so that was implying that he was somehow responsible for Malcolm Butler intercepting Russell Wilson for the when the Patriots beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Not that it was Pete Carroll choosing not to go with Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line. <laughs> Not that it was Bill Belichick forcing Carroll's hand by not calling a timeout or Ernie Adams practicing that play uh, in the week before leading up to the Super Bowl. Actually, if you go back and look at the tape, the only one who was panicking during that time was the defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, at the time, saying, why aren't we calling a timeout? Why aren't we calling a timeout? While Belichick ignored his ass. But no, apparently now, uh, five years later, Patricia is the one responsible for one of the greatest plays in the history of the NFL. And so that's why you can't blame him for the Lions losing games late in the game in fourth quarter, according to him. Jesus. Well, that's a terrible take. I mean, I mean, yeah. My God. Well, uh, speaking of equally as terrible, uh, Philip Rivers did not look great with his debut with the Colts. Uh, falling to the obviously tanking uh, Gardner Minshew Jaguars, twenty-seven to twenty. 
this was my survivor pick, the freaking Colts, you know, because no. the Jaguars, well, the Jaguars have made it abundantly clear they prefer to go 0-16 this year because they want Trevor Lawrence in the draft next year. Okay, I'm sold. I'll take the Colts who have a Super Bowl-type roster and who added a veteran quarterback to beat the team that's trying to lose. Right? No, but <laughs> Phil Rivers is straight hot garbage. Should have gone with the Browns. Is brutal. He is brutal. Like, I mean, they they could have had Tom Brady on the Colts. They could have had him, and that would have been a great fit. But they were like, Nah, he's the enemy. We don't want him. We'd rather lose and blow our talented roster on Philip Rivers. You know, I that's mean, such a cult thing sounds, to do, though. Like, sounds like the San Diego Chargers. It sounds like over. the Chargers. It sounds exactly like the Chargers. Exactly Loyalty over like logic. Chargers. Yeah, it's just you know whatever. I mean, the freaking Colts, man. I mean, so that that now we're gonna have this battle all year. Like, okay, the team is good. You know, one to fifty-three. They have a lot of good players, better than most teams. But at the most important position, they suck. So, I mean, you're gonna have to figure that one out all year. Yeah, but. Phil Rivers sucks in such a unique way because is like the opposite of clutch, right? He's really good, except for when you need him. He's you an know? old Dak Prescott. <laughs> old Dak Prescott. I like that. Oh, yeah. You got to be relevant. Old white Dak Prescott. <laughs> old white Dak Prescott. Procreating motherfucker. Oh, my God. Unless, yeah, I guess he's he's great if you need him to, like, shoot you full of fucking man load. Anyways, speaking of man loads, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, man, 43 points, and all of it looked very good. Daniel, Hunt, Daniel Hunter was out from Minnesota. Um, they're, you know, defensive player of the year candidate, and... The big edge, one of the Minnesota's big edges, if you're playing in Minnesota, is skull and that that crazy noise in the in the dome. And there was none of that. And Aaron Rodgers said, you know, it it was so much easier than he anticipated because of what he's used to. Um, so when he found out Daniel Hunter was going to be out, he's his eyes went up and he was excited because that's a huge edge. And then when he played the game afterwards. He was like, "Wow, playing in Minnesota, I would have never dreamed it would, you know, wouldn't have been so hard." Doesn't hurt me to throw the ball forty-five times. So yeah, I mean, yeah, they throw the ball a lot, and you know, every, everybody got theirs. You know, Devonte Adams was a beast. You know, MVS was good. Alan Lazard was good. Uh, Aaron Jones got a touchdown. So you know, it was a equal opportunity offense. Everybody got a piece. So. Um, it was a good day for them. And on the flip side, uh, the Vikings, you know, I feel like the Vikings are just, they're always on the, the next tier down. Yep. Another team that finds ways to lose. The New England Patriots uh, made their debut with Cam Newton, or rather the other way around. Cam Newton made his debut <laughs> with the New England Patriots, but. Somehow it seemed like it was a new New England Patriots. Man, watching a New England Patriots blueberry quarterback take off and you beat me to it. Take off and fucking run 
was it it was so weird just weird to watch visually it's it's just nothing, see a mobile quarterback nothing i have ever seen before yeah it was uh and and they maybe they think maybe that's the formula and that's what they're going to do to try to win games this year is you know play that carolina kind of offense and keep it simple and a lot of rpos run pass option although they got to try to keep Cam Newton healthy. Running him 15 times a game is certainly not a recipe for keeping Cam healthy for all 16 games in the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, they're going to have to pass the ball a little bit. And I thought Nikhil Harry still sucked. Uh, and so any other than Julian Edelman, they have no pass options. Other than Cam Newton, the running, the running back options aren't that good. So offensively, I find that they're still challenged. Uh, they were able to beat this the Miami team with a kind of a basic offense, uh, basic you know rushing quarterback type offense. Uh, I will be curious to see how it looks this week going into Seattle, uh, minus the crowd obviously, but Seattle's a good team, um, you know, and they have a good um, they have Jamal Adams who they got from the Jets, who's a who's a you know as good of a tackler as there is in the secondary in the NFL. Uh, so, you know, getting past the second level into the second level and past it is going to be a challenge for them. So I think that, it, you know, they're going to want to try to keep up with the Russell Wilson and, and the Seahawks. They're going to have to throw the ball a little bit. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I just it, it's different and they look good. But my it was my, it was the Miami Dolphins at home week one. So let's temper the expectations. I know a lot of people in New England are excited. But let's just uh, let's keep it chill out a little bit. It's one week, and I know we like to get excited about one week, but chill out, chill out. It's one win. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. All right, Carson Wentz uh, sucks. Well, they got issues, man. They were they, the whole team's injured. Their whole team is injured. Everyone is injured. I mean, that like we were probably like guys like us were playing for them on Sunday. <laughs> you know, Washington had eight sacks. You know, with that new, um, they've got it. That defensive line is going to cause some problems with Chase Young. And, they look good. They, got, they look good. They look good. But the, the Eagles were beaten up badly. Like they were missing so many regular players. Like I, you almost felt bad for them. And then you remember, it's the Eagles. Never feel bad for them. Uh, but. I just you feel would. like they don't have an identity. Well, I just feel you know, like they... and, and and it looked like uh, <laughs> there was a cut. There was a still shot of Carson Wentz getting sacked, and the three line, three of the linemen were just standing there watching him. And yeah. it's like, boy, <laughs> what, what did Carson Wentz do to those guys? Uh, yeah, uh, you wonder if there's something rotten. He was twenty-four for forty-two. And you wonder if there's something rotten at the Eagles' core. There could be. There could be something rotten at their core. Um, that you know. But going back to the whole Foles went split. But then I, I think for me, I'm just gonna chalk Week One up to the injuries because there was a lot of big injuries for them this week. So you know, I'll, I'll give them a break. And and the other thing with them is they've been slow starters the past few years. Marty knows that as a Cowboys fans that. That the Eagles have been a team that, that gets hot for the second half of the year, uh, and they start slow. So uh, we'll, we'll I just see. I think they needed the identity. I think the way they drafted this past year, 
going into the season is like, do you want, do you want wins? Do you want to be a, a passing offensive machine? Do you want to spread? Do you want to much like a West Coast version and pull the backs out and just go straight down the throat of the defense? I just well, don't know. Miles Sanders was out. Jalen Rager was hurt. You know, like their their weapons are hurt. I mean, and their line was hurt. So I mean, it's just I think that we, this, we didn't get we didn't get the picture of what they are. Right? I don't know. Yeah, for me, it goes it goes like, goes back to even last year. Okay. But the Redskins look good. I mean, on the flip side, nope, the Redskins no. look good. No, they did not. They the Washington football team. And, and you get you get a year buffer, don't you? You get a year buffer. No, no. Everyone, not isn't it o- always been the rule? Last year with the Chargers, we said the San Diego Chargers how many times? We don't we get a year buffer? Hold on. You, I'm you holding this up. I'm holding this up to you so you can see it. Hopefully, you can see it. Um, hold on. Where is it? There it is. Football team. Football it, says, team. it says football team, but look okay. at the logo. Oh, <laughs> the logo is still the the uh, Redskins. Redskin. Yeah, my God, that is just a, a terrible okay, so, look. So what do we say? So, fo- so football team defeats the Eagles. Like Fuck. which website is that? Twenty-seven that to seventeen. That's NFL.com. That's, that's NFL app. That's their <laughs> fucking app. Yeah, with yeah. the Redskins on there. So if they're still Jesus. showing Redskins, it's okay to call them the Redskins. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it year. is. It is not year. okay to call them the rest. You get a year. You I've been calling year. them the Washington racists for the last two years. Check the tapes. You get a year. I, you get a year. <laughs> One year. Just like the Raiders. How many times are we going to call the Raiders the Oakland Raiders this year? But, <laughs> okay, so these things are ingrained for our lives. So I've got 42 years of Redskins, and then just a couple months now it's football team, and I'm supposed to just switch, drop switch on a dime. All right. Well, well. Speaking of relocation, the Chargers. Johnny, Johnny, real quick though, let's play a game of word association. Oh my God! I say Washington. You say Redskins. Ah, okay. Thank you. Oh my <laughs> God! It's the worst. Anyways, <laughs> the Chargers uh, went into Cincinnati. The debut of Joe Burrow, who I think you know, he led the game-winning drive. He led the game-winning drive, and then they got screwed on a bad call by AJ Green. Unbelievable, isn't it? How refs find a way to poison what would have been an otherwise amazing. Like, how do you how do you fuck that up? Referees is week one for the referees too. But week one is week sixteen to them. You know, it's all the same. <laughs> they find ways. <laughs> they wind up losing 16 to 13. Man, that that's just tough. Uh, a, t- a tough look. And, and what are the Chargers doing with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback? We never got into this because we didn't do any shows in the offseason, but you've got a football team. You've got a football team that can be a football team. And you're like, yeah, the answer is Tyrod Taylor. I don't think they think the answer is Tyrod Taylor. I think. And what are they doing? They sound like the Indianapolis Colts. Right, like what? Like you have a football <laughs> team. What are you doing? <laughs> why? Why do you waste it? Like, but like it's not every year that teams have a football team. Not everyone's the Patriots. Like, it, like having good years is like a blessing. Take advantage of it. Don't Tyrod Taylor it. Well, no, they they were hoping that you know Tyrod Taylor could do the great mentorship like he did for Baker Mayfield and lunch. Yeah, Eric I mean, Baker's career. Yeah, like, what has Tyrod <laughs> Taylor ever done? To lead anything besides a five and eleven team, 
<laughs> Sorry, I, I almost got through that. Yeah, I mean, Tyrod Taylor's never done anything besides <laughs> beat a team to 5-11. and 11. That's the only thing he's ever done. And then the other thing is so, like, you know, I'm in the fantasy community, in the daily fantasy community, and being that Tyrod Taylor is a rushing quarterback, we find so many times the fantasy analysts – they think it's uh, always because – and Tyrod Taylor is always dirt cheap because he fucking sucks. So it's always Tyrod Taylor is a great play in fantasy to play on a weekly basis. Tyrod Taylor is never a good play in fantasy. Ever. Ever. So let me just put that out there right now. If you're thinking of playing Tyrod Taylor ever, don't do it. The guy's not good. He doesn't produce. Does not produce. Johnny, does he produce? No, it doesn't. I mean, and it's such a waste of a good – they've got – look at the brand-new stadium. That's the other thing, okay? We want to get into more. Let's get into more because that Sophie Stadium is like football heaven. It's a mecca. It's the place where I want to be. I want to live in that new stadium. And you've got a legit good football team, new uniforms, new stadium, and this great new palace that you call football heaven. And you're going to say, let's do Tyrod Taylor. That will be good enough. I th- I think you need somebody to take a beating so that your brand new quarterback doesn't take the beating and it hurts his confidence and ruins him forever. Yeah, I got news for you. Justin Herbert's not the answer either. So, and eh, try again. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of trying again, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers headed into Superdome. Superdome. And it was uh, very fucking different uh, than what you usually get in the Superdome because there were no inhabitants of the dome. Yeah. So again, like that's another thing where you like, like the, like the Packers going into Minnesota. It's a place where you're like, oh, you know, that's a tough place for the visitor to play, but there's no fans. So you thought maybe Brady would have a chance, but yeah, but the team's still really fucking good. It's like the team is still really good, and it's like. All right, here we go. They score the opening drive, touchdown. Tom Brady sneaks it in from one, and he slants, spikes the ball, and it's like you see the look in his eyes, and you're like, yes, Tom Brady, let's go. I can be a Buccaneers fan. I can do this. I can do this. Let's go, Bucks. Okay? <laughs> and then as the game goes on, and you see all the penalties that they take, the uh, the pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball, then the uh, – the holding penalties, 20 yards downfield, unnecessary holding penalties, the routes by your stud receiver, your Pro Bowl receiver who puts up huge fantasy stats but can't but can't run the ro- the right right route leads to an interception. Hold on. Hold on, Bruce Arians just about said that that was Tom's fault. No, 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 he went backtracked. He the next day he he backtracked. Oh, yeah, of course he did. Yeah. Of course he backtracked. No, cuz Bruce to, Arians to can't save, shut his fucking mouth. To save face for Tom. No yeah. way, because no, Tom he has not been saving that. He has not been saving Tom's face. He has been all about bashing Tom Brady. Uh, so no, that's not saving. He was not. He's not about saving Tom Brady's face. He, he has no allegiance to Tom Brady. And I'll tell you what: if this goes south quickly, uh, it it won't be long, and Bruce Arians will be the first one to be distancing himself from Tom Brady uh, to say it's not my fault; it's his fault. So this could get ugly quick. There's potential for that. And being that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the losingest franchise in the history of professional modern sports history, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the chances of it going south, 
are pretty strong. They're pretty high, pretty high. Those chances are pretty high because you watch that team and that kickoffs, they run into each other and they fumble. They hold 20 yards downfield. There's pre-snap penalties all over the place. I mean, this team, you know, they make dumb play after dumb play after dumb play, and they can't get out of their own way. And as good as that defense is supposed to be and as good as the offensive skill players are supposed to be, and the offensive line returned four of the five starters. They're still the Buccaneers. And this just seems like there's something at the core. And these teams like the Jets and, you know, these other teams that we've mentioned, that they're inherent losers. And no matter what you do, there's unless there's like a culture change. And so that's the thing for me as a lifelong Patriots fan that I was like, oh, this is what other NFL teams and cities and fans go through on a week-to-week basis, all these dumb things that their teams do from week to week, game to game, that's what is happening here. And I took for granted all the weeks that the Patriots played uh, mistake-free football, uh, don't go off sides, you know, don't fall start. On, on, uh, the nose tackle doesn't jump off sides on fourth and two. The guy who's right in front of the fucking ball goes off sides. Like, those are things that the Patriots just don't do. Like, they're they're built to not make the mistakes. Mm-hmm. They let other teams make the mistakes. And this is what happens in other cities around the NFL. And for me, I was just like, okay, I'm going to hitch my wagon to Tom Brady and go to Tampa Bay with him and Gronkowski and be a fan there. And it'll be a seamless transition, not realizing that, ah, man, maybe maybe I did take for granted the, the Patriots and the Patriot way and the mistake-free football those years because – there's other teams around the league just can't get out of their own way. And if you're counting on the losingest franchise in the history of modern professional sports to be the team that just flips the switch and turns it around, you're sadly mistaken. So uh, thankfully for me, uh, the schedule gets considerably easier for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady for the next few weeks. So they should come out of it 4-1, and 3-2 and two for their next really tough game. Uh, but if it's not that way, like I said, Bruce Arians is quick to point the finger. After week one, he's already pointing the finger at Tom Brady. Uh, so he'll distance himself immediately from him and point and just continue to point the finger. And it could get ugly quick if it doesn't go that way. Uh, so that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Very quickly, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray winning 24 to 20. The San Francisco 49ers did no, the not. The Cardinals are the story. Cardinals look. are the story. That's my sneaky sleeper team, Cardinals. Murray yeah. looked good. Yeah. No, no. That defense, of, the, the missing defense. piece was Isaiah Simmons at linebacker. They couldn't cover the tight yeah. end before, and now they can. No, yeah, that be Arizona scary. defense, the Arizona defense and the Kingsbury offense, they, they're going to have things going this year. They are scary. Um you know, I wish I hammered that seven and a half preseason win total because, uh, and with that extra playoff spot, they've got a good chance this year. And then they were plus seven point, plus seven or seven and a half against San Francisco week one. But, you know, I was a little nervous because once again, Arizona is Arizona and bad teams are bad teams. But, you know, you saw the it. It's going to be tough. At the end of the year last year, you saw it come together and they went into Seattle and they beat them and they shut them down. Uh, and, and so they moved guys around at the end at the end of the year last year on defense, and the only thing they were missing was the Isaiah Simmons piece, middle linebacker, who could you know run the entire field and chase guys down and cover guys tight ends over the middle. And now that they have that, the defense is set and ready to roll, and the offense should score points too. So that Arizona team, that's the story of the game. I know you want to talk about the Niners, but Arizona is the story of the game. 
I just thought the Niners did not look like themselves. They looked yeah, just completely discombobulated and just just not there. Like they just didn't show up. Also, moving forward without Richard Sherman, I mean, how much does that expose them on the back end? I mean, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, another confident piece in the secondary that they're missing. So yeah, and, and that they will. So they're missing. So, you know, they lost Emmanuel Sanders, who was a big part of their receiving game at the end of the year last year, and then uh, rookie Debo Samuel, who's in his second year now, has been out for months with a midfoot sprain, but he'll be back in a couple weeks. And then they have another rookie receiver from Arizona State, Brandon Ayuk, who's supposed to be good. He's hurt. He should, might be back this week. Uh, so they're missing quite a few pieces. But the defense is a little depleted from what it was last year. Uh, I think that they're in for the Super Bowl hangover, though. Hmm. Do, but does that count with no OTAs, no practices? Like, everybody's gotten a lot of rest. Too much rest, probably. I don't think the Super Bowl hangover is a, a... Yeah, because the games they're playing right now aren't the same level that they were the last five... Like, just take... So the last five games those guys have played, the level of importance with the crowd... So just think about it. If you're a player, like, the crowds that you were playing in front of, the intensity, the media, the scrutiny, like, the level of games that they were playing in, like, just take the last five games that they played in. So you get the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship in San Francisco, and now you go into week one and you're in this empty stadium at home, you know, following a horrible, horrible Super Bowl loss where you had the lead by 10 points in the fourth quarter. And, and there's no no fans, and the, the media isn't what it is, and there's masks, and everything's different, and you didn't have the offseason repetitions to kind of work through your issues. Uh, I think it, the recipe is right that is ripe for you know just the ugly hangover for that team because the game is just they they they, they lose the um, the luster for the players and and just you know the intensity the intensity for the for the players isn't there compared to what the last few games they played were. So it's just natural. It's a natural progression to let down. Right. Right. All right. Well, moving into the Sunday night game, Marty, I'll let you uh, take the lead here, but it's a, it's a sad story. You'll be telling 1720. The Cowboys fall to the Rams. I don't really want to talk about it. (laughs) It's just, it's just how it starts out every year. What was it off? Was it pass interference or was it not? It I was mean, not pass interference. Technically, I guess by the letter of the law, yes. But do you call that no? But they're both had hands on. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I think it was. They're both locked up. Yeah, I think and it was gar- be, garbage. It always comes down to these big plays with Cowboys uh, and, and pass incompletions. Go back to Green Bay. I don't know. It's just one of those things. I mean, they look good in certain ways, but I felt like McCarthy could have forced or been a little bit more creative offensively. Agreed. I think he played it very close to the chet to the vest, and that you can tell me whatever you want to think, but this is just another ass puppet for Jerry Jones being Mike McCarthy. I hated this hire. I didn't like it. I know this is just one game, but I'm still – laying on my my beliefs that this is not the best coaching hire that they could have made in the offseason of getting him because I've seen these apologies before of why not kicking the field goal or why not following through a certain game plan and trusting your defense. And those are the stories I heard him saying a lot back when he was on the latter end of Green Bay. So I just want to see him be able to dial that in. I think the defense is great, but losing Van Der Esch is huge. 
Uh, I don't know how long it's going to keep him out. It's going to at least be like seven to eight weeks, I think. Right, Johnny? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, to lose Jarwin as well. <clears throat> and he was going to be great for us in my mind. He was going to be a difference maker uh, in the blocking offensively for for the running game, but also as, as a passing receiver. He's He was coming into his own last year, so... I don't know, just it's another like punch in the gut being a Cowboy fan. It's like, okay, how do we bounce back? I know the Rams could be great. Donaldson was huge in that game. He's a beast. He's just throwing guys around. Then again, Elegant looked good. Prescott was efficient. There's chances there, and all the receivers could have contributed in big ways, and they looked great. Um, so I, I think there's upside to this. It's just game planning and coaching in my mind and getting the players behind it to want to be relevant and want to win and, and go for something. These guys just seem so catered every year, like they're stuck in this way of thinking. And you talk about it, and Nesto mentioned the word earlier, is culture. So I think there's a cultural problem in this organization that needs to be fixed. All right. Well, they got the Falcons at home week two. Uh, so, I mean, there should be offensive, should be a win. offensive fireworks. They're favored by four, so it should be a win. Then we have the Monday night games. Uh, of course, uh, my Steelers – Versus the New York Giants. Connor's coming out party. (laughs) I started this game very upset. Slow start. The defense gets quick. uh, Three and out or very near to it. And forces the punt. And then Deontay Johnson fumbles the punt like right on the doorstep. And credit to the defense. They are able to hold them to a field goal. But then... Ben puts together a drive off of a TJ Watt interception. And then it's like, okay, we got the momentum going. And Boswell doinks it off the fucking upright. And it's just like, ugh. Like, it's like, when are we going to get this going? And then comes the Cam Hayward interception off of a brilliant Bud Dupree play. And Everything just kind of like shifts. I'm reminded because I've been so consumed with my own team's performance that Ben hasn't played in almost a year. Like there haven't been any preseason games. There hasn't been any OTAs. Like things are going to like, I need to slow burn. I need to like calm the fuck down. (laughs) There are 60 minutes in the game. We can get excited at the end. I like. I need to just be measured with this team. They're still figuring a lot of things out, but I'm super excited by what I see out of Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. I, I love thought, Deontay Johnson's my boy. I like De- him. Him and Ben have a thing. They love each him other. Him and Ben do have a thing. After yeah. he had a couple drops and he was clearly having a, a bad game, Ben hit him in the back with you know quick screen. Uh, a a timing play that he was clearly not on the same page with. Uh, And then he goes back to him the very next play. So clearly Ben beyond trusting him has the patience to stick with him. Even when he is making some, uh, some big mistakes on Monday night, but my boy Juju Smith Schuster with six receptions, 69 yards. Nice. Two touchdowns. God damn it. And for me, the play of the game, the fumble recovery uh, when Benny Snell decided to get cute on on the sideline, I'm just so happy that, 
you know, as as cute as he tries to be and all the all the flash and pizzazz, he really does back it up with good hard football. You know, it was Juju versus seven guys and he pulls that ball out of a pile at a critical point in the game. I mean, that would have been a huge momentum swing. At the end of the day, I was I was very happy with it and um, very impressed by uh, what I saw out of the uh, the Giants quarterback Daniel Jones could be all right. Yeah, yeah, he showed he showed some poise and some ability to make plays under duress. And you know, I think I think the Steelers allowed him a lot of room to do some of that dinking and dunking. They decided they were shutting down Saquon Barkley, and they were going to leave it to Daniel Jones to beat them, uh, which he was unable to do. But man, that defense looks good, and it could be like another 2008, you know, where where the defense wins the games and the and the offense just has to not lose it. And yeah. I would be happy with that. They're my dark horse pick. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't, don't want to say it either. If but Ben yeah, can they, stay healthy, they can yeah. be a true contender in the AFC. And I and, mean, this year legit could be could be Steelers Cowboys. Like that's that is on the table this year. That would be how fucking awesome would that be? You know, I mean that there's I mean the talents there for both teams. You know, so Troy Aikman and Neil O'Donnell are not walking that door. <laughs> Yeah, twenty five <laughs> years later, revisited. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. Oh my god. Did you guys see the thing that I sent you? It was a, a Christmas list from like nineteen ninety four or nineteen ninety five, where I, I like was asking Santa for Neil O'Donnell <laughs> <laughs> trading cards. The only one in the world to ask. No, for no. It. I mean, all every every you know seven year old kid in Pittsburgh was asking for those things at that time. So you think? No, it was <laughs> it was the starting quarterback. <laughs> My God! Until he threw the interception to Larry oh, Brown. Jesus ruined Larry Brown's career. Yep. <laughs> All right, and uh, and then the game nobody cared about: the Titans at the Broncos. The Titans winning sixteen to fourteen. I thought the Broncos looked. I thought they held their own. I thought Drew Locke didn't look terrible. I don't know. I don't think that obviously they're not great. Obviously they're in a division with Kansas city, but uh, with uh, Las Vegas, the Raiders and the chargers who are two teams who who are total question marks, you know, uh, you know that they're not great, but they may not be terrible. I think that there's an opportunity to, for any any of those, those three teams to come in second place in that division and sneak into the expanded playoffs this year. Uh, So, you know, it's a shame for Denver because they lost Von Miller right before the season started, and uh, Bradley Chubb is still out. So, but the defense still looked pretty good. Um, so I was a little bit surprisingly impressed with Denver, but of course, at the end of the game, Tennessee uh, was able to pull it out late. Um, I thought Tennessee was a little bit of a letdown overall. Um, you know, I didn't thought AJ Brown wasn't that good in this game, and uh, uh, you know, Derrick Henry was Derrick Henry. Uh, He's always going to be Derrick Henry. Yeah, but the the one thing I think for the Tennessee guys was that they were clearly gassed in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that they, you know, with a lot of teams that aren't in full game playing shape right now because of the lack of preseason and and offseason practices, um, going playing in the elevation Mm -hmm. week one, I think think it caught up to them in the fourth quarter, but they were able to muster out enough for the game-winning drive. And, 
you know, Guskowski missing three field goals and an extra point, but coming up with the game winner, uh, he was ready to get cut and his career be over, uh, and he salvaged yeah. <laughs> it. Um, but other than that, there's not much to say about that game. Um, kind of, it was kind of boring, but, yeah. I, I, but I, I, I like Denver a little bit. All right, looking into next week, uh, we didn't do a preview, so we didn't get picks in for this week, but we will start another season of Johnny's Locks of the Week, 16 Locks a Week, you heard it here first, and uh, Marty will contest five of them, we're getting smarter as we go, and uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see how it winds up, it actually came down to the wire last year and uh johnny it took six uh 17 full weeks for you to uh pull all the way ahead mm. so um, i'm coming for that gaming chair johnny okay <laughs> <laughs> okay uh john take us away all right uh so game one like i said i'm team joe burrow so i'm going uh Bengals plus six on thursday night for the next game i have on the docket here I have the New York football Giants 0-1 at the Chicago Bears, who are 1-0. And the Chicago Bears are minus 5.5-point favorites in Chicago. Yeah, I don't think that the Bears are worthy of being a 5.5-point favorite over anybody <laughs> these days. So I'm going to go with the Giants here um, visiting Chicago, who won't have any fans here. So... I'm going to go with the Giants plus five and a half on this one. So two underdogs so far. I'm going to I'm going to step in. All right. Yeah, I'm going to take Chicago right here. I like it. All right, moving on to the next game. It is the Atlanta Falcons 0-1 at the Dallas Cowboys 0-1 also. These two teams both need a win. Uh, it's at Dallas. Dallas is minus four. Again, no fans here, so... You know, dome team playing in the in a kind of a dome stadium here in Jerry World. I think uh, let's not overreact to the Cowboys being sloppy. I think the Cowboys are going to get better as the year goes along. I think the Falcons are undisciplined, although highly skilled offensively. I think defensively they've deteriorated over the years. I'm not sure what the over under is here. It's 51 and a half. Uh, if I needed to bet on an over, I would bet on the over 51 and a half in this game. I like the points. Um, but since I have to take a side, I'm going to go Dallas minus four. Moving on to the next game, we have the Detroit Lions 0-1 visiting Green Bay Packers who are 1-0. The Green Bay Packers are minus six, laying almost a touchdown here. Uh, this division game, uh, Stafford always seems to play really, really well in Green Bay. I'm going to think that that trend continues. Um, Detroit, well, like we've said earlier, they're not a terrible football team. They're just a team that finds ways to lose at the end of the game because that's what they do. Uh, so I'm going to say that you know they may even lead and keep it close in, in the game, but they will lose. But I think they're going to cover the spread. So I'm going to go Detroit Lions plus six. Taking Green Bay. Okay, we have another counter. All right, stepping up next at the plate is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were trying to go 0-16, but they're already 1-0, so that's a fail. They are at the Tennessee <laughs> Titans, 1-0. So we got two 1-0 teams here in the battle of the uh, AFC South here for first place. The Titans are minus eight-point favorites, being that uh, the Jaguars messed up and won last week. 
I am going to say that they uh, don't screw up again this week and they take the full beating from the Titans and they lose big here. I'm going to go Titans minus eight. Are you still real high on Tannehill? Uh, I think he's good for the offense. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm real high on him. I just, I think he's good. He's, he's a good game manager type. Um, I think pay attention to Corey Davis this week. He popped up with a hamstring injury this, this week. Uh, so if he's out and it's just AJ Brown, that's a little bit of a concern for the passing game. Um, because I think the offense works best when you have a Corey Davis on one side and you have AJ Brown on the other side and you have Derek Henry running up the middle and you have John U. Smith for the short passing game at tight end. I think that that is when the offense is at its peak. You take one of those pieces out, even if it's just Corey Davis. I think that that's one less thing for the defense to really focus on. So that's something to watch for. It might change my betting stance going into this game if I was going to lay the points on the Titans here. But as of right now, I think Corey Davis is going to play because we didn't hear about the injury until today. So I'm going to feel confident on Wednesday taking Titans minus eight. Uh, moving on to the next game, 1 o'clock on Sunday, we have the Minnesota Vikings, 0-1. Uh, dome team at another dome team, the 0-1 Indianapolis Colts. We have the Indianapolis Colts, who are minus three-point favorites here. Colts just lost starting running back Marlon Mack, so that's uh, actually going to be probably good news because that should force them to use rookie running back uh, first-round pick Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin more, um, which is a positive. In under normal circumstances, if they didn't have Phillip Rivers at quarterback, if they just had a, an average quarterback, I might lay the Colts minus three here. But since they do have Phillip Rivers at quarterback, I am going to go with the Vikings plus three here on the road. I think whoever loses this game might be um, getting into panic mode. Next up on the docket, we have an AFC East showdown. We have the Buffalo Bills, 1-0, at the Miami Dolphins, 0-1. Buffalo is minus five and a half on the road. Uh, there, and once again, uh, there is no crowd for this game. Um, division battle. Dolphins did not look good. Cam Newton was able to run and get whatever they wanted offensively for the Patriots. And they didn't need to pass the ball much at all. Uh, with rookie Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and Josh Allen and a good offensive line. I think that the Bills... As long as they can avoid that the heat that really gets to other teams in Miami in September, um, they, the heat can really bog teams down, especially early in the year if a team's out of shape. That's my only concern. But I'm going to try to power through that concern, and I'm going to lay the five and a half here. I'm going to go Bills minus five and a half. I might regret this. I might come back next week and say to myself, why did I do that? I knew teams struggle in September in Miami because in the fourth quarter they get tired. Um, but right now, I feel good about Buffalo 5.5. All right, so moving on. The next game is also a 1 o'clock game. We have the Super Bowl hangover 49ers, 0-1-1, at the hapless New York Jets, also 0-1-1. We have San Francisco minus 7. Uh, one thing to note here, it's a uh, 1 o'clock game, so their timing is going to be all screwed up. Uh, the other thing to note is the uh, fires and the air conditioning, the air conditions that they've had to deal with on the West Coast, I think, uh, have limited their practice at time for the 49ers, have also impacted their families here. Um, so if I was a betting man, I would not feel comfortable laying seven points in this spot here for the 49ers. You know, just too many combinations of factors of things not in their favor. 
So I'm going to go Jets plus seven. Not feeling super confident about it, but I like Jets plus seven here. Taking 49ers. Okay. If you were a betting man, <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> All right. Next one o'clock game. We have another West Coast team coming east. The Rams 1-0 playing at the Philadelphia Eagles 0-1. Eagles uh, very banged up, like, you know, severely banged up. Like, I'm going to feel bad for them banged up. <laughs> but never. the Rams, right, never, right, exactly. Almost feel bad, I said. Uh, so the, the Rams are minus one-and-a-half point favorites here, and I am going to hammer that home all fucking day. Uh, that would probably be uh, a max unit play for me. Johnny's uh, bet the house better the week. Not, it's a it's a big no, it's, it's a max. it's a max max play. Yeah, it's a max play. <laughs> I, I don't I haven't don't know all the games just yet, but that's up there as as a potential pick. Um, yeah, I like the Rams minus one and a half in this game, and uh, yeah, I would hammer that fucker. And you know, just to be safe, the the, the just to be safe, the money line is going to be uh, – the money line is going to be worth – if you don't want to bet minus one and a half because there's a chance that the Rams win by one and you lose on the hook, and that is – nothing hurts more than that, losing by that hook when you could have just bet the money line, just lay a little bit of extra juice on that, and you all you need is the, the Rams to win outright and you'll win the bet. Don't, don't lose by the hook there. All right. Next up, we have the – another one o'clock game. Another West Coast team coming east. So David, the NFL is really screwing with these West Coast teams early in the season this year. We got the Broncos. Uh, it's 11 a.m. game for them, 1 p.m. Eastern time. The Broncos 0-1 at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we got the Pittsburgh Steelers are minus 7. And, yeah, I just think that I, as much as I kind of dig what the Broncos were doing offensively and as a team, as a unit, I just don't think that they're a match for the Steelers in this situation. I think that Drew Locke is going to have a really rough day. I think I can't see Melvin Gordon having much success on the ground. Um, if Cortland Sutton remains out, which I believe he will be, the passing game is going to be limited, and I can't see a rookie receiver, Jerry Judy, carrying the day for the receiving game. So I think that this, for me, is another uh, max-type play for me. Uh, Steelers, minus seven. I agree. I think they're going to shut down Melvin Gordon in the same way they shut down Saquon Barkley, try and force the young rookie to beat him in the air and put a ton of pressure on him and make things really uncomfortable and uh, see if they can get him to make some mistakes. I can uh, see this game being like 31 to 7, 31 to 3, 31 to 10, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would have no problem max betting that game. The last one o'clock game is the Carolina Panthers 0 and 1 at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 0 and 1. Tampa Bay needs this game. They are eight and a half point favorites in this game. That is a hefty, hefty play. Uh, that is not something I feel super confident about. Uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go Panthers here plus the points just because I don't think Tampa Bay has it all figured out yet. And I know that Tom Brady and Tampa Bay are a sexy Super Bowl pick. They're a sexy team to bet on right now. And you think they're in a great bounce back spot. And I do think they're going to bounce back and get the win. I just think that Tampa Bay is just, they're not the Patriots. They're, they're still Tampa Bay. And they still do Tampa Bay things. And while they're not playing the Saints, uh, it, I don't think that they're just going to roll because they have Tom Brady. I think that the Panthers, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. 
and the Buccaneers win, but I don't think they win by more than eight and a half. So I'm going to go Carolina plus eight and a half here. All right. So the next step is the four o'clock games. The first one is two teams that I like this year, especially defensively. We have the Washington football team at the Arizona football team, not the Cardinals. Uh, both teams are one and oh, Arizona Cardinals are minus six and a half. And, you know, I, I professed my 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 newfound love for the Cardinals in 2020 earlier on the show. And I am going to stand by that love. And I'm going to lay the six and a half here. Arizona and their good defense and their fast offense and DeAndre Hopkins are going to be too much for Haskins and the Redskins offense to keep up with. So Arizona minus six and a half is the play. It's not a max bet, but it's a feel good bet. Next up on the docket, we have Kansas City, the Chiefs, the Flying Mahomes, 1-0 at the L.A. Chargers, making their initial uh, appearance in the new football heaven, the Soapy Stadium in L.A. Both teams are 1-0. Kansas City is minus 8.5. I mean, I think everyone would wants to continue pounding Kansas City, but and, and I, I don't blame you for that because how could you ever – have confidence in putting money on Tyrod Taylor, especially in a game where they're going to need to score points. You know, the, the Chargers always the Chargers always play the Chiefs tough. That, this is my conundrum here. The Chargers always play the Chiefs very tough. The Chiefs have to come back and win the games against the Chargers. But I can't see Tyrod Taylor putting up points to match the Chiefs. Can you? Nope. No. No. So I got to go KC minus eight and a half here. I may live to regret it, but – I don't think so because Tyrod Taylor isn't going to put up more than 20 points. He can so, in good conscience bet against it. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, with rivers, you know, at least they could get to like 27, 30 points and, and maybe cover, but I can't see it with Tyrod Taylor. All right. Next up, we have uh, the Baltimore Ravens one and at the Houston Texans. Oh, and one Texans need a win here. I don't think that they're going to get it. Baltimore is minus seven here. Man, I think that the Texans will do something Texans-like in the fourth quarter to blow the game and lose it late. But I think they're going to cover. So I'm going to go Houston plus seven. Taking Baltimore. Yeah, that made I could I could not not surprising. I mean, I can see I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. But you know, the other thing is like I could see the the Texans having a lead in the fourth quarter and then doing something really stupid to blow it. Uh, but you know, they'll knowing them, they'll probably blow the cover too. So. But I, I got Texans plus seven. That's mine. All right, last two games here. Uh, Sunday night football. We have the New England Patriots, 1-0 at the Seahawks, 1-0. Uh, minus the 12th man. There will be no 12th man. Uh, will the game even be played? We don't even know because of the air quality. But as of right now, it's still on. Seahawks are minus four. And I'm going to go Seahawks minus four here because I just don't see how Cam Newton and the Patriots' passing offense is up to snuff or even close to able to keep up with the Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, uh, Chris Carson, and that Seattle team. I think that, you know, like I said before, uh, Jamal Adams should be able to help the tackling and and keep the run game contained. So I don't think Cam Newton's going to be able to run for 75 yards like he did last week. I think he'll be forced to pass the ball, and I don't just don't think that the Patriots have the weapons offensively. So, you know, this is another play that I like. 
I, I like it a lot. It's not. I'm not going to make it a max play, but it's it's another good play that I like. It's Seattle minus four. All right, and last but not least, we go to Monday night games. We have two one and zero teams. The New Orleans Saints go to Las Vegas for the opening of the Las Vegas uh, Stadium and the Raiders' first game there. The New Orleans Saints are road favorites, minus five and a half as road favorites, but they will most likely be without their superstar wide receiver, Michael Thomas, who has a high ankle sprain. Will that matter? I think it will. Um, I, I like the Raiders to be competitive in this game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the home dog here plus the points. You know, I think the Saints probably pull out the victory here, but I like this, the Vegas Raiders to to show good at least for a little bit at home and cover the spread. So I'm going to go LV Raiders plus five and a half. Saints. All right, there's our I like, five. Marty goes with the sure thing. He's got the Chiefs. He's got the Ravens. He's got the Saints. He, he's going with what what makes him feel good? He's going with the, the home the home cooked meal that feels good. You know the. I didn't I mean, take the I didn't take the Chiefs. Oh, you didn't? What? No. I oh wait, no, Chicago. I did. I did. Oh, that's right. Okay. Green Bay, Forty ers Ravens. That's kind of that's that's not a lock. Okay. And Saints. Okay. All right. So my max plays are the L A Rams minus one and a half and Pittsburgh minus seven. Uh, parlay them. Tease them. Bet them individually. Do whatever the fuck you want. But those are my max plays. Oh, and I like Seattle minus four. But I know as a lifelong Patriots fan, that, that might hurt a lot of you and your feelings. So it's a strong play. How about that? <laughs> blueberries. Go blueberries. Go All right, blueberries. boys. Well, this was a long one. Um, likely going to split this into two parts. All right, boys. Well, uh, that was a good one. And ah, feels so good to be back. And uh, see you next week. Bye, Johnny. Bye, guys. Have a great week. Thank you.